We are excited to be again in the Word of God this morning. We're starting a three-week series um, that's really looking at three characteristics that we want to be true of us as a church in the days, months, and years moving forward. Last week, we celebrated the, the dedication of this building and um, what, a, what a joy it is to, yeah, to be able to, to own this building now. Um, and, and so as we thought, like, this is kind of a, a, a new beginning, a fresh start for our church. So that's why we're going to spend these three weeks looking at these three characteristics. And we're believing that if these characteristics are true of us, not only will we grow as individual followers of Jesus, but also the impact that God's going to have through us in this area, in this neighborhood and beyond is going to be great. So the three characteristics are displayed in the form of a graphic of trees. So the three things that we want to be true of us as a church is that we are rooted in Christ, that we are living lives of repentance and faith, and that we are reproducing disciples of Jesus. So those are the three characteristics. We're going to look into each of them um, one week at a time. Today we are looking at the truth that we want to be rooted in Christ, rooted in Jesus. That's the truth that we are going to dig into Pun intended. Thank you. At least my mom got it. Digging into the roots. Get it? Um, that we're going we're gonna to look at today. But before we do that, let's ask God to speak to us through his word and ask him to make me stop telling terrible jokes. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is, is living and active, that you are always speaking to us through it. And Lord, we pray that as we consider being rooted in you today, Jesus, that that would be characteristic of each of our lives and of us as a church. Lord, that we would be firm, deeply rooted in you, in your word, in your love. And that what comes as a result of that would be healthy, healthy trees, healthy, healthy fruit, God, that you produce in our lives. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. We live in a culture where, where what gets proclaimed and, and believed as truth in one moment can then be thrown out as a lie in the next. During this last political campaign, I made the decision to watch a few debates, which was painful to say the least. But um, in one of the debates, they, they asked a specific candidate a specific question on a specific issue. And the moderator had, had two quotes. The first quote was from 2015. The second was from 2021. In the 2015 quote, um, the candidate said, I am absolutely against this issue. In the 2021 quote, the candidate was quoted as saying, I am absolutely for this issue, same issue. And so the moderator asked, well, what, what changed? You were 100% against it, now you're 100% for it. And the candidate said, well, I've, I've always been for that issue. I've never ever been against that issue. And then they were shown the quote again, and again, the candidate said, never been against it. I've always been for it my entire life. And that's not the first time that, that something like that has happened. It certainly isn't the last time that something like that will happen, but it shows that we as humans, we, we change our minds. And sometimes we, we pretend like we never thought what we once thought, um, our positions, our convictions on certain topics can change. Sometimes even a, a very strongly held belief in, in one area can over time shift to a very strongly held belief in the exact opposite direction. This happened for me with ramen. 
uh, I used to have this belief that ramen, you know, the food, the, the soup, I guess, was, was a useless and gross meal. In my mind, it was like, why would I eat liquid when I can eat something like steak? And why, why would I uh, choose that? And then my belief changed because I started to, to eat ramen and, and good ramen and enjoy good ramen. And now I'm like, I love ramen. Like, today it's freezing cold out. I would like to go eat ramen after this if I could, right? My, my belief changed over time. And social issues, political issues, food choices, anything in between, our, our views and our understanding of certain things can change as time goes on. But that can be a really big problem because if, if things are always adapting, are always changing, if our, if our perspective on different things is, is always changing, then can we even know what actual truth is? Right? Is there anything that we can cling to in our lives that we can say, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that this is true. I can stand on this even when everything else changes. Is there anything that we can have 100% confidence in? The answer is yes. His name is Jesus. His word is the Bible. Hebrews 13 and verse 8 declares, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So this church for, for us as a church, but also for you and I individually, this is why we must be rooted, we must be firm in Christ, because everything around us changes, even our own perspectives change, but Jesus remains the same. His truth has always been true. His word has always spoken life and and peace to those who believe it. Jesus is the one that we stand on. He's the one that we are rooted in, and so we can have confidence in an ever-changing world that we have an ever-constant God. We need him. And we need to know that truth. So the two main truths that we're going to see highlighted in God's word this morning is that being rooted in Christ means being rooted in the Bible. And then being rooted in Christ means being rooted in love. So first I want to show you why being rooted in Christ means being rooted in the Bible. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. So the author here of Psalm 1 is, is using the imagery of a tree to communicate a truth for us as followers of Jesus. He's saying the individual who delights in God's law, the individual who meditates, who's, who's constantly thinking of, of God's word is like a tree that is standing firm along a stream that is producing fruit, that is prospering and blessing anyone who comes under its shade. That imagery then is in contrast to the reality for the individual who is not delighting in God's word, right? He says the one who is, who's taking their counsel from the wicked, the one who's, who's observing the sin of others and, and imitating it, the one who's scoffing at God's word ends up being basically like the dry leaves that the wind just takes 
and blows away. So make no mistake, you and I, or, or one of these individuals, we are living as one of these individuals. We're those who, who love God's word, who find our delight in what God says, who, who seek his counsel and, and submit to his authority, and we then stand strong like a tree, or we are those who are seeking counsel from the wicked. We're, we're learning and we're, we're wanting to imitate sin. We're, we're scoffing at God's word. With the result being that we're just consistently being blown like, like the leaves that are outside right now, right? There's a, always a, a new popular message, a new, a new thing that we're being blown after. We're, we're bending our knees to, to the culture instead of God's word. And these two images are in contrast with each other. One is a strong fruit-producing tree and the other as dry leaves being blown away, showing us that Whatever we're setting our minds on, whatever we're meditating on, whatever we're delighting in, affects every area of our lives. This is why we must be rooted in Jesus. If we want to see God use our lives to advance his kingdom. See, God's word is not just some old, irrelevant book that was written thousands of years ago, so it's, it's outdated and, and useless for us. God's word is also not just a dead book that's got some, some ink on a page. Instead, God's word is living and active. Like, we read this book and we realize, this book is actually reading me. <laughs> like, this, this book is, is revealing my heart, it's revealing my thoughts, it's revealing my need for God. The relevance of God's word has never decreased. Right? God's word has, has remained... Um, applicable and so helpful throughout the generations. Think of some of the most, like, the biggest discussion topics in our world today. Marriage, right? God's Word talks about it. Scripture describes marriage as as something that God designed between a man and a woman to represent the relationship that Jesus has with his church. Intimacy. God's Word talks about it. Right? Scripture talks about God's design for intimacy, again, in the context of marriage, man and a woman, to represent the relationship, the close relationship, the intimate relationship that Jesus has with us as his church. Care for the vulnerable. God's word talks about it. Right? Scripture is filled with God's heart of compassion for people who are outcasted and pushed to the side of society. God shows that's all of us spiritually, and I come near to you, so you are to, call, to care for the vulnerable. God's word talks about it. The purpose of life. God's word talks about it. Scripture tells us that we are here to, to glorify God, to make much of him on this earth. We display different aspects of God's character as different individuals to show the watching world a clearer picture of who he is. Children, God's word talks about them too. Scripture teaches that children are are a blessing from the Lord, that they're knitted together in their mother's womb, that they're made on purpose, that they're meant to be loved and and protected and cared for. Sin. God's word talks about sin. Scripture teaches that all of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. The wages of sin, what all of us deserve is death, physical death and spiritual death. Salvation. God's word talks about salvation, that that Jesus came from heaven to earth as the Son of God, and he never once sinned. Then he chose to go to the cross, 
to die for the sins of the world. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. He was buried. He rose from the dead. So now all who will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. And future hope, God's word talks about future hope, that that all who trust in Jesus have the future hope of eternal life with God, where there will be no more pain, there will be no more loss, there will be no more tears because the former things have passed away and Jesus has made all things new. We are in his perfect, complete presence for all of eternity. Now I could go on, but I'll stop for the time being, but God is showing us like his word is incredibly relevant to everything that we go through, everything that the culture talks about. And while messaging changes in the world, God's word remains the same. Being rooted in God's word is being rooted in eternal truth. As we understand the truth of who God is, as we understand the beauty of God's design and the life that comes from delighting in God's word, then what comes as a natural result out of our lives is good fruit. Fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit of God who is living in us. We will prosper, Psalm 1 says, in our inner being as we delight in God's word. The fruit that the spirit of God produces, Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the spirit is love and joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. How do we want, how, how can we see those things produced in our lives? It's as we dig our di- roots deep in Jesus. It's the fruit of what the Spirit of God living in us produces. So imagine what God can do in our homes and in our offices and our schools and our, our neighborhoods as we show these, this fruit that God produces as, they, as the world observes our lives and, and we say, man, I, I used to be defined by sin and selfishness and pride and rivalries and, and jealousy, like that is who I was. But now God has saved me. He's, he's given me his word and now the only reason you see love in me is because of him. The only reason you see joy in me is because of him. See, the difference between the Bible and any other book that we can root our life in is that the Bible truly changes us from the inside out. As I said, the Bible reads us, like the Bible reveals our sin, but then the Bible reveals the beauty of our Savior. The Bible shows us our need for love, and then the Bible shows us the one who loves us. So I want to show you how being rooted in Christ also means being rooted in love. And to see this truth, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read a prayer that that Paul prays for the Christians in Ephesus. Paul prays this, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul is praying for followers of Jesus that we would be rooted and grounded in love. But then he defines what, what is that love that he's talking about? It's the love of Jesus. He's praying that our roots would go deep down into Jesus and Jesus' love. He's saying, God, would you help them comprehend the love of Jesus, this love that surpasses knowledge? Right? He's, he's praying, God, would they grasp deep in their hearts something that they can never fully understand with their heads? This beauty that God loves his people. The truth that even though we, we boldly rejected Jesus, even though we, we sinned against him time and time again, even though we served other gods as if they were the one true God, God still came to us. He came to us because he loves us. He came to us because he wants to be in relationship with us. And when Jesus came, came to earth, it, it proved clearly that we as humans are so sinful, so bad, that God had to come rescue us, right? Like that's how in need we were. God literally had to come from heaven to earth to rescue us. But then it also declares that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus, knowing that that if I go to the cross, that means that humanity can be forgiven and brought into relationship with me, then it's worth it. I'll go to the cross joyfully to save them. And then he didn't even stop there. Like he, he did die for us and then God rose him from the dead. He ascended into heaven and then he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. So God loves us so much that he did not just rescue us from hell, but he said, I actually want to live inside of them. I'm gonna send my spirit to live inside my people. Then he chose to give us gifts and, and passions and, and desires and, and to use our lives to show his glory and to advance his kingdom. He chose to place us right here, right now, because he's not finished with us, right? If there is still breath in your lungs, then God still has a purpose for you here. He's not finished with you. God is alive in you. The spirit of God is active in everyone who trusts in Jesus. That's how deep God's love is. And I can explain that type of love, kind of. I can read about that type of love. But church, God's love is not just this this conceptual thing that we need to to fully, rationally understand. It's, It's a tangible love. It's something that can be experienced each and every moment. So because of Jesus and because of your faith in him, Scripture teaches that you have a father in heaven who loves you. That the creator, the one who, who spoke the entire world and everything that we've ever seen and even the things that we haven't seen further out in space, like that same God is pleased with you. That same God knows how many hairs are on your head. The one who holds the universe in his hand rejoices over you with singing, Zephaniah says. That's our God. That's his love. And as we are rooted in the love of God, knowing that, that everything he does, he does in love, then regardless of what we face in this life, we can stand firm. See, when God 
loves us, and we, when we know that God loves us, then we can go through the greatest moments of our lives celebrating and thanking God for his grace. When we know God loves us, we can also go through the darkest moments of our lives knowing that our God knows pain. Our God says that I am near to the brokenhearted. I, I comfort the crushed in spirit. So he's with us in the great times. He's worth, with us in the terrible times. And in a world, as we've talked about, that, that declares a message of, of just relative truth, calling God's word extreme or, or out of touch, we can remain rooted in his word, rooted in his love, knowing he will never change. See, the, the reason that God has the, the authority to tell us how, how marriage is, is meant to be experienced is because he created marriage. So of course he knows how he created it, how he designed it, and he designed it in the way that he did because he loves us. So he tells us that because he's like, I want you to experience my love. The reason that God has authority to tell us how, how intimacy is meant to be experienced is because, well, he created it, and he knows how he created it, and he wants us to experience it in its fullness in the way that he designed it for our good. The reason that God tells us how to care for the vulnerable in society is because he wants to care for the vulnerable through us because they deserve dignity and honor because they're created in his image. The, the reason he has the authority to tell us what is the purpose of life is because he created life. He wants us to experience the fullness of life in his design because he loves us. The reason he tells us how to view children and how he created them and how he loves them and how he puts a really high priority on them is because we are representatives of his, his towards children and he wants them to be able to come to him in faith. The reason that God reveals our sin and our need for forgiveness is because he loves us so much to show us our deep need for him. And the reason he reveals the hope of Jesus and our, our only hope of salvation is because, again, of his love and the reason he reveals the hope that we have of the future, reminding us that this earth is not our home, that we are here, yes, now, but we look forward to the day when, when his perfect presence will be on full display and be fully experienced because of his love. To God's love changes everything. I pray, God, that you would help us know this love deep, deep in our hearts. See, in an ever-changing world, you and I have an opportunity to put our roots deep. As followers of Jesus, we're rooted in Jesus, our Savior. Knowing that being rooted in him, yes, is being rooted in the Bible. Being rooted in him is being rooted in love. And we're going to do something slightly different as we respond because the importance of, of being in his word and experiencing his his love but I know at times like we can leave church and and forget what we what we talked about forget what we learned before long and so I want to do something a little bit unique and I don't want that to happen today so what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next few minutes maybe eight minutes let's call it and we're going to read the bible just you and God so I want to encourage you, grab your phone. Um, if you're grabbing your phone, please use the Bible app and not like Instagram or something. You can grab the Bible uh, in front of you as well. But I want to encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. 
Ephesians is in the, the New Testament of the Bible. Um, you can use any, uh, any table of contents if you want to find it. But Ephesians 3 is, is where we, we just read the prayer of Paul for the church a little bit ago. But I want to ask you to just open God's word and, and read his word. Listen to what God would say to you through his word. Write, write down any observations that you have. Pray in response to, to anything that God would speak to you. But I want to encourage you as we talk about like the roots going down deep in God and in his word. I don't want to just talk about it. I want us to experience it today. So let me pray and ask God to, to speak to us in this time. And then I'll come up in, in a few minutes again. But Father, we thank you and we humble ourselves before your word. And God, we ask you as we open it individually Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? God, would you speak to us through your word? Would you reveal something that each of us needs to hear directly from you this morning, I pray? God, I trust you to do it. We trust you to do it. Let our roots grow deeper in this time, I pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen.